Hello, this is the podcast High Flow or No or No, the podcast that we are using in this series to discuss whether or not the romantic genre has potential for high art, low art or no art. Today in our second episode, we're discussing No Strings Attached, a 2011 romantic comedy directed by Ivan Reitman, written by Elizabeth Merriweather, and starring Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman, and one of the most stacked casts of any 2010s rom-com comedy genre that I can think of off the top of my head. Gentlemen, my name is George Seabrook, and who are you? I am Martin. I'm Joseph. Ah, wonderful. It's so good to be back, guys. You know what? We're doing the second episode now, yeah. and I don't think what this is different in we from the first season is we've had such a dra- drastic change in tone of films. Mm. From Phantom Thread and now No Strings Attached. For one genre, I don't think we could have got two more different films. Joker and Deadpool. Yeah, but even Joker's meant to have comedic elements. No, it isn't. <laughs> I, I think Joker... Th- there's definitely scope in there. Mm. Some, not breaking fourth wall and all that, yeah. but... Just tonally, I think these two films are so far apart. I think we, I think the two Batman films we did were more far apart. Maybe, but again, maybe it's just the common theme of superheroes. Yeah, is so much closer together mm. than the common theme of romance. Romance has a much bigger scope. It's very broad. Yes. Yeah. To only do ten movies in a romance series mm-hmm. feels like we're, you know, like we're really cheapening out like yeah, hundreds we, of romance. Yeah, we could do so many. Whereas with superheroes, by the tenth film, I was like, that that's enough. We've yeah. explored this genre, and that's yeah, we don't that's need so to true. do that anymore. Like in um, Phantom Thread, we were talking about: is it um, suspense? Is it drama? Is it romance? In this, you could argue: is it romance? Is it comedy? Is it slapstick is it bullshit is it whatever it's not slapstick um, oh is it okay i don't um, think so well we can talk all about that but no you're right Ma- uh, martin in that they are so different which is great that we're starting with these two films i mm-hmm. think yeah definitely yeah uh, okay so i mean right off the bat i love this movie i don't think it's like a, you know one of the greatest or a, a movie or anything but i think it's incredibly underappreciated i love this movie i've now seen it four times um i think it's t- a terrific rom-com and it makes me uh, I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of thoughts about this movie and the way it was received and the time it came out in and why it was why it was you know, received maybe ne- more negatively or less negatively than the other companion sort of rom com of that year, which we'll all talk about. But yeah, but do I think it's high art, low art, or no art? I'm inclined to say no art with just a a susan of high art and also a susan of no of low art. I'm kind of like. This is exactly what I want from a romantic comedy. And then they stopped making them. Martin, what do you think? I I mean, you say you've seen this four times now. I had never seen this film. And I think that's going to be a, a common theme mm-hmm. for most of this series. Um, and I actually really enjoyed it. It's good. Uh, yeah, it was good. Do I think it's an amazing film? No. No. I don't think it ever sets itself out to be that. Mm-hmm. I, would, I think I'd go low up. I think this is, for me, this is classic rom-com low art. Uh, that's interesting. I don't find this very transgressive. I find it like perfectly operates within the bounds of its genre. So I wouldn't call it low art in that way. Um, maybe it, you know, It's not l- of lesser importance. This is like, if you want four-quadrant rom-com, you want it to be appealing with just a little dash of adult entertainment in that there's more sex and more swearing mm-hmm. in it, then yeah, there's that. That's that little Susan of low art there. I'm going to use the word Susan a lot. Um Sprinkling. You Don't know. add Susan to the list yeah. of words you can't <laughs> say. This might be more fun than I expected then because I really disliked this film <gasps> and I think it's no art. Oh. I think it's just trash crap. Wow. <laughs> Have you, okay, okay. You'd never seen it before, Joe. Never either. seen it before. Okay, Martin never seen it before. No. I saw it for the first time in like December of 2020. It's uh, We're just coming out of second lockdown, but I was unemployed and deeply depressed, as you do. And um, it was just on Netflix and I was like, people didn't like this at the time and people... Some people seem to stick up for it online. I'll give it a go. And I was just uh, very impressed by it from like the first 10 minutes. I was like, oh, this is uh, really allows its characters to, to for you to observe their behavior and to observe their sort of communal uh, relationships and for it to be very character based um, okay. in ways that feel. Can I jump in natural. there? Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, you, we see a lot of character, we see a lot of character stuff. Mm. But like in the same way, you know when you go to the zoo and you're like, now children we come to the lion enclosure and you don't see any freaking lions for 20 minutes because they're all hiding behind a bush. 
that's how I felt with the characters in this film. You just Boring like AF. <laughs> <laughs> Nodded off at a couple of points. Uh, wow. Have you, okay, question for the group. Have either of you seen Friends with Benefits? No. No. I've no. seen clips, and I've seen a few clips after watching this film, because yeah. obviously people compare it. Yeah. It, one, of the, one of the funny things about Hollywood produ- productions where they just, in the same year, two films with the same concept and very similar titles come out. And this happens in uh, across genres and across such time. Well, if we go to uh, Joey's Trivia Corner, mm-hmm. the same title until they had to change this one. Well, this one was written as Fuck Buddies. Fuck Buddies. And then they toured with Friends with Benefits. benefits yeah. And then and another then film came out and then they had to change it. No, to no, no. They, they fr- This one came out first. This film came out before Friends Benefits. But they knew that there was another one. Yes. In the pipeline, and they ultimately one. just changed it to, no, not <laughs> one. A, des- a, des- a decidedly weaker film, but yeah, they sort of just say sh- change it around, and it's also the same as like in the nineties, Deep Impact, Armageddon. Oh no, an asteroid in mm. twenty thirteen, White House down, Olympus has fallen. Oh no, terrorists in the White House, and there are other examples of this. In fact, this lo- lovely book that I've bought um, from Hollywood with Love by Scott Meslow has uh, a bit about this: that uh, volcano versus Dante's Peak. Oh no, a volcano in America and a bug's life versus ants. Yay, insects, you know, in animation. It's, this happens a lot. Mm. This happens a lot with Hollywood productions where they'll just kind of like, there's just this weird kismet where things happen at the same time. And it's always interesting to try and compare them. And this is, I think, a much better movie that did not get the respect it deserved. And I think part of that is it came out first. People were sick of rom-coms at the time, incorrectly. And they um, just decided, you know what? This is the one we're going to decide is bad. The, the plot of No Strings Attached is... Um, Dry AF. <laughs> Two people... Would you rather have a wet plot? <laughs> yes, in a rom-com. <laughs> yes, please. Um, you know, it with two people, they're old friends, whatever. Um, <coughs> one's very busy. One's very... Wants to just have a load of sex. Um, they agree to be friends with benefits. And, mm-hmm. you know, they put down some rules that they're mm-hmm. not going to fall in love, etc. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise, what happens? They fall in love. Yes, it's a was rom-com. It? Like, that's exactly what I wanted. I, w- I was like, okay, two hot people, Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman, are going to kiss. They're going to have sex. And they're going to do that a lot, which is an interesting selling point because that's not usually the sort of American myth of the romantic fantasy is that sex is maybe more of like the goal rather than part of the road to get to the ending. You know, it's n- it's more of like, you know, a, a significant stop along the journey rather than the journey itself begins and sort of is formed by a sexual relationship. So which is which is why No Strings Attached and Friends with Benefits were trying to distinguish themselves by tapping into a more modern version of dating uh, that begins as casual sex amongst friendships. But what I like about No Strings Attached is the weird um, incidental way that they begin to have sex is not begun as, I know, let's agree to have casual sex and just use each other for sex. It is instead, <laughs> I'm laughing already, it's rooted in the funniest character in the movie, Kevin Klein, as Ashton Kutcher's dad, that like causing his son to have a bit of a mental, emotional break and get blackout drunk when um, he reveals that he is now having sex with, Ash- with um, his son's uh, ex-girlfriend. And... Um, this is all taking place in Los Angeles, but you know, before that, Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman they meet when they're fifteen at camp. He mm. has the great line where like, my parents are getting divorced, and she says, "Look, I'm not an emotional person. People aren't meant to be together forever. It'll be okay." And he goes, "Can I finger you?" A wonderful button on the scene, and then they meet ten years later at a frat party where they get along, and she's like, "Can you come with me to this awkward thing tomorrow?" And it's her father's funeral. <laughs> and you're like, "I know who this character is." I know people who are exactly like this. They're weirdly emotionally, they're weirdly full of emotions, but the surface is just no emotions, being cynical and covering it up. And, you know, I know people who are like that. And and I I recognize them immediately in this. And then they meet again four years after that. And then, uh, and then uh, he has a drunken night blackout doing something very funny. I'm going to call every girl in my phone. And ask if they have s- if they'll have sex with me. He gets completely wasted, and this is where I'm like, I don't know, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but like at this point, w- once he's doing the phone calls, you have Jake Johnson and Ludacris as his friends, you have Natalie Portman's friends Greta Gerwig and Mindy Kaling, and then like he wakes up in their apartment, 
and it's just comedy gold. I'm just mm-hmm. in love with the dryness. That was that a scene. that was a fun bit where it's just like it's just who did he actually have sex with? Oh, it's so good because he wakes I enjoyed up, it. Wakes up on the couch completely naked except and for a towel covering like, his junk and just to be in that room at that point where you've got Greta Gerwig, Mindy Kaling, Natalie Portman, yeah. Ashton Kutcher. It's like oh my god, like. Yeah. I didn't realise going into this how insane yeah. the cast is. Yeah. And and Guy Branham, who's an American stand-up, and he's the, yeah. uh, the gay roommate, and they're yeah. all doctors. And also Lake Bell is in it. Uh, Greta Goeg's so fucking hot. Uh, Jake Johnson's so fucking hot. Jake Johnson only gets hotter in the 10 years after this movie because he gets more tired eyes. He gets more beard. His voice gets more, like, croaky. It's great. I'm Googling. Um... Yeah, uh, it's, it really is such an insanely stacked cast. We've mm-hmm. just got we got Ludacris for a couple of days. He's just going to do some funny yeah. things. He's got a funny face. It's funny. It's funny. I just love that. Like Ivan Reitman is a is a pretty good director, I think. And he, and the funny thing about how this film came into being, Joe, do you know this film? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just whatever film can we spaff off for a few dozen millions and make loads and loads and loads of millions? I don't really know what that sentence was. To be honest, <laughs> no. Um, Ivan Reitman and his producing partner they met um, Elizabeth Merriweather, who was a playwright in um, New York, and she'd written a pilot script for a TV show. She, they met her, read her script, liked it, and they were talking about how differently dating is happening in like the modern era. And this is probably about that's 2007 at the time when you know you meet online or you meet people in real life and you're busy and you're underpaid and you don't have like the just you don't have the time and the emotional readiness to commit to people because of like financial hardship or whatever or the botherment or uh, yeah or or being bothered for it so people strike up casual sex relationships and that can and can't develop into something else like Mm. it, it might it might not and Ivan Reitman is this guy you know who 30 years earlier, it was that was not the, the same way. It was more like you go on dates and then you have sex and then you develop into and it de- mm-hmm. you, know, you start with the intention of a romantic relationship. And that's always what it is. He was very fascinated by this idea of a relationship. So Elizabeth Merriweather, who is 25 when they meet her, th- they ask her to write the script and, and, and they call it Fuck Buddies and they work on it for three years. She's on the set uh, writing and rewriting. She goes on to show run New Girl, which uh, is excellent, an excellent mm-hmm. TV show. Um, which also stars Jake Johnson. And and so, you know, it's very much a partnership between um, Ivan Reitman, this older man, and a much younger woman who, like, openly on like the, the DVD special features is like, yeah, no, I just I just fuck a lot of people, and <laughs> sometimes that's like a casual sex relationship, that's great, or it turns into something more, you know, I just, I just fuck a lot of people. <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah. Just having... Ho- <coughs> uh, sexually active young women, but like sort of like owning their bodies and their their sexual autonomy, and their bodily autonomy in, in ways that are like not super like stressed out about them, uh, and and that that's just kind of natural. And and so, you know, she's bringing like a a more modern perspective and a very female perspective. And I'm Ritman is also like sort of just very he's very clever about tone management. And um, yeah, so then, then they make the movie, and it's a great movie that I love. You say it's got that female perspective, and I actually get the complete opposite watching this film. Really? I think this whole film was told as Ashton Kutcher is a good guy, mm-hmm. and Natalie Portman is a pretty shitty person. Ah, really? That's what I got from it. But she learns to be... Yeah, obviously there's like a redemption arc and everything, you know, it's that kind of film. But I don't... What do you think is shitty about her behaviour? I think it's just the whole... And it's probably more just a lack of storytelling is that she's like, oh, I don't want to commit, I'll just hurt you. But there's no, like, character development at that point of, like, what what caused her in the mm. past to mm. get that feeling? Like, was she hurt in the past? Was she hurt people? Has she made yeah. mistakes? It's mm. just, oh, no, we'll just break up. What's the point? It's just, like, this emotion, emotionally shut-off woman, yeah. but with no real reason for it. There's no motive. And so it just kind of feels like she's just being stubborn for the sake of it. I know people like that. And, you know, I think you're right, but I'm actually really, really glad that the movie isn't like, you know what, five years ago her dad died and she's been, like, closed off ever since. I like, you know, they have a hint towards that with her mother saying, like, yeah, I think he wants to be strong for me. But she's like that when she's a teenager. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. like, so I'm like, no, it's not, that's not it. She's just, you know, that's just how she is. That's just her behavior. Yeah, that, that's and I like fine. That. But I don't, when we say it's written with, like, a female perspective mm. of someone that's, like, Kind of open and saying I've had sex with a lot of people. I don't. I don't get that. Really? This this feels me to more more towards like Reitman had more mm. impact on the script. While yes, yeah, she was 
mm. like the author of the original story and everything, there was more input from other from other parties. It definitely seemed like it was a very collaborative thing, but I think the thing that makes it feel a bit more um, feel more special for me is, is less to do with like they fully dug into her psychology because mm. no one is digging into anyone's psychology in this movie. No, it's not what this film's it's about. A, it yeah. is a acting and a, and a good bit of like dialogue showcase you know it's about like ha- watching their behaviors and and like letting them play the emotions out but you don't need to write them super deep because the conceit of the movie is not super deep mm-hmm. it's what if you f- what if you started having sex with your friend and uh, and and things happen there is no plotty element here it's just about like different comedic ideas sort of mm-hmm. strung together which i really like but the thing is they let the women be funny and be funny on very much their own terms and Ashton Kutcher is mostly the straight man uh, who gets made, you know, uh, who is just emotionally there for her. And she's the one who's going through the development. So I think, like, Natalie Portman is an executive producer listed on this movie because she read the script and loved it and wanted to sort of commit to doing it. And for her to be doing a big, broad comedy like that, not something you expect from her at all. But she's, uh, she, like, fucking comes to play in the movie and she's great in it. She's, mm-hmm. yeah. Going really broad and big, and it's it's really fun to watch. Oh, well, no doubt she is amazing, and we're not discussing her necessarily, just the character she's portraying. Yeah, mm. and I think maybe there's middle ground. I think I do agree with Martin that it's not very the female lead perspective mm. is not really there. I don't think you know we we mainly follow Aston Kutcher's character, mm-hmm. um, and we know why he is as he is. It's because his dad, you know, he's got daddy issues basically because his dad's bonking his ex, and this is all weird. We're not given the same explanation mm. um, for the female lead. Where you could argue then, you know, so it's not necessarily, maybe we can differentiate differentiate female lead perspective and feminist movie. Mm. We don't get the female lead perspective, but it could be a feminist movie because you could say that maybe traditionally, stereotypically, guys are just guys. You know, there's the male lead, he's mm. strapping and handsome and virile and, you know, full of whatever. Whereas there's this woman, you know, this female lead, and we have to explain why she's so abnormal or unusual this film does the opposite you know there's just a woman who's just a woman and she enjoys having sex but she's not um, a manic pixie dream girl type where she's just weird for the sake of being weird and no she's only not she's not she's just she is what she is she she actively changes throughout the movie she does but then i think the w- when that falls down is when she is just so emotional and flumping about all over the place and crying and then be like, you know, oh, go away, I don't like this. Oh, no, come back, I want you. You know, yeah, I'm having my period and blah, 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 blah. All these sort of old tropes, which I think then this whole idea mm. does fall down. But then you could counter that by saying, well, no, this is great that it pushes ideas like, mm. you know, menstrual cycles are mm. not a big feature in rom-coms. They're not. And it's great that this does highlight that because it is obviously a big thing. L- what I love about that scene is like... Um, that's preceded just by like the handsome doctor man who's a total red herring as like the alternative for Natalie Portman is handsome doctor man. And he's like, yeah, I'm not the guy she marries. And the next scene is Ashton Kutcher is going like, hmm, uh, emotional support. And, and, and uh, to be clear, I don't think Ashton Kutcher comes into this being like, I want casual sex. He's like, Adam is fascinated by Emma. He's like, I like you. I don't know why. I just do. I want to spend time with you. How do I do that? And then he wakes up like after blacking out in her ha- in her apartment, and that chemistry is still there. And like, you know, he tells her about his dad and his ex. She puts h- her hand on his shoulder, and he's just like, "I don't know. Do do I just put my hand on your leg? That's just what I suppose should do." And 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 Emma like full body shivers. Like she just like she is immediately into that, and that's what I like about it. like. There's no thought. There's no construction. They are just like. We have always liked each other. We have just always got on. And in this moment, that you know, like, it, it just felt natural for that to happen. And it comes about that they keep having sex. Because like, he's just like, well, I should keep hanging out with you. Right, this is what I do. I, I behave like the romantic lead, right? I tell you, you look beautiful. I call you. I text you. I bring you a balloon that says congrats for having sex with me. That's, that's what I do, right? And she's like, too busy. Can't do it. But I do like hanging out with you. So they're just all like... Uh yeah, we'll just keep having sex. Like it just kind of works. Um, there is no like construction or plan. But that's the problem with Friends of Benefits. Is like Natalie Portman and no, 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 Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake are like, you know what? Let's just have sex. Fuck rom coms. Fuck those tropes. That movie is trying to be clever about not being a rom com, and then mm-hmm. it ends in an obscenely just horrible trope of a rom com that it's not earning at all and feels so dated. Whereas obviously no strings attached has tropes in it it has declarations and rushing meets and phone conversations and family stuff but 
it plays it all so much more naturally because it's never trying to kid you about it being a rom-com. It, it's not clever about the genre per se. It's clever about this story and clever about these characters. And, you know, you are absolutely right. What is Emma's baggage? What is her problem that makes her emotionally unavailable? There is no problem. She's just that way. And I love the lack of, like, need to make hay out of it. Like, all this is is... She will always be a little bit frosty and a little bit emotionally available and a little bit weird. Even when they get together at the end, she's a little bit aggressive and a little bit, like, playful. She just likes Adam. It's not like she's going to be this with, you know, she's, she's secretly an incredibly mushy person and she's been putting on out the whole time. She's probably just a, a fairly got it together, had a goal, reached the goal, has got it together woman who maybe just hasn't, like, developed as much time or, or thought to the romance ideal but she does like adam and wants to spend time with him and part of that is you know he meets her where she is the entire movie until he realizes i can't do this anymore because i do love you and i just i just cannot do this anymore where i'm constantly bending to yours to your standard and so she eventually realizes what i've been doing is i've been i have been in love with you the whole time and i think that that is much more natural there is no like one thing that causes them to love each other it's the accumulation of tiny details which is the reason for me that this movie is so good is everything about it is more effort than they needed to put in it is accumulation of tiny factors where i'm like why is why does kevin klein show up and sing happy birthday but it's not happy birthday it's because it's expensive so what did they do he wrote his own birthday kevin klein wrote that song and played it there and it, it was just like more effort than needed to go into this because it's good okay fine if there's if, if we skip over the baggage thing then what is natalie portman's performance great I, so funny. I thought just dull as dishwater. You're kidding um, me. No. Oh when my I was God. So I watched it last night and uh -huh. then I was watching a bit, like big clips of it this morning. And all the time I was just thinking, what on earth does Adam like about Emily? Is that a her name? Adam. Adam. Like Adam. Emma. Emma. What does he like about her? She's just constantly moody. Um, yeah, she looks great, but she's always moody and sour. And I don't understand the whole rom bit in the ah. rom-com i think they just have chemistry like it's not so much like oh i like you because of x y z like it's the un it's the thing that you can't pin down why do we like each other we just clicked chemistry in in like there's the sort of fate adam and eve no um, not even that thing. i'm saying mm -hmm. um you could get away with arguing that mm -hmm. i think i would be convinced um, rom-com they've got to have chemistry oh chemistry in the sense of oh you know they just they just click and fire off one another you know I, I didn't really buy that at all i just thought yeah he was quite fun and witty mm. um and funny she brought nothing to the table i was so bored really? by her martin how do you feel about Natalie portman tell me you disagree with joe i think i'm in between you two i think it was it was a fine performance there was yeah. nothing wrong with it i th i th for me it's just one of those scripts probably where she did exactly what was expected but she couldn't have done any more I, I, yeah. I don't think there was anything mm. wrong with that performance, but I don't think there was anything to allow her to really shine. For sure. Maybe I do agree. I mean, because you can't deny that, you know, Portman is an amazing actress mm. who can do so much with her face and delivery of a very good script, you know, like in um, good Black script. Swan, for instance. Um, you know, so much of that incredible performance is just her face mm. um, and, and her quiet delivery of lines. There was none of this in this film. But she she plays drunk really well, hmm. which is one of the things. Well, yeah, but <laughs> also like because you look like a pumpkin, bitch. That uh, is good. That's very funny. And yeah, that, that was, was quite funny. So for, the, for listeners who haven't watched the movie, do. It's good. Um, Emma and Adam have had a moment of like too much intimacy. And they decided, okay, let's go on a break. We'll have sex with other people. And Adam at Christmas picks up two women, uh, but purely by accident, by him just being there when they declare love for each other. And he takes them both back to his house where they're basically just hooking up with each other and he's on his own. But he fools Emma when she shows up drunk into thinking that he's going to have a threesome. So she just like scares the other girls off by being drunk and loud. And so when, th when she rushes into the house while they're outside and locks the door, they come back in. This shot was in reshoots. Just her, like, you know, waving a tennis racket at to get to scare them. And what is really special about that? Ashton Kutcher's not like, Emma, stop doing that. He's like, at last, my plan yeah, worked. Yeah, no, he plays on. <laughs> I enjoyed that, but he was just like, watch out. She's quick. Like a puma. <laughs> and yeah. she, where he's like, no, you, you need to leave because the person I like is here. 
uh, you know, uh, that's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Which is a really funny bit. It's not a fight for that. She's just like, I'm going to create havoc. I'm going to create a fight. He's like, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all I wanted was you here. Yeah. As much as it's a like kind of a douchebag plan to like, I'm going to get two women over. But he's not but planning it as he, well. He didn't plan that bit, but <laughs> where you just like, right, I'm going to undo my belt and like untuck my shirt just to make it look like I'm doing something. It's like, that's being I, a douchebag. Well, I that's think that's being just douchebag. really funny. I, I really like his performance. I'm, I don't really have much of a thought about Ashton Kutcher generally as an actor, as a performer, but I really like him. I like his performance, yeah. Funny. I thought he was good because like knowing him as like the guy from Dude Wears My mm. Car. Yeah. And then he plays like, because his character's quite reserved almost he's, he's quite he's straight man yeah. yeah he's quite a quiet person and like softly spoken person yeah which you don't associate with him as much but he he is a guy who like feels his emotions and knows what he wants most yeah. of the time it's just that he sort of is more impulsive like there's that thing about like how he's sort of you know he will he punches his dad he punches a wall he mm-hmm. hits his head on a table all doing these like impulsive physical actions uh, himself just because of how he's feeling or like him trying to cuddle with Natalie Portman even because mm-hmm. he, he thinks that's what he should do. It's like he's he's led more by his emotions in ways that are like, you know, like both just like off the cuff bad decisions with like physical violence and also like this is how I should be behaving. But he is, I think, very emotionally smart. Mm-hmm. And so his growth, I think, over the movie is him learning to sort of rein it in a bit. Like when when Emma calls him at the end trying to apologize and he's just like, no, no calling. You, we didn't break up. We didn't start. Yeah, he was surprisingly sensible at the end, wasn't yeah. he? The way he took the call, just said like, he, "We can't do this." Basically, yeah. and then at the end, he's like, "If you want me, you need to come here in person. Don't just yeah. call me." I, yeah, I think. I like, think. Yeah, it is that is? Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but that is it, that is a fair point. There was a bit of development there for yeah. him. There is just a very, I think, a very, a very clever underpinning of like character psychology for for both of them. Uh, more about like the way they behave off each other. I mean. I I think Matty Portman's so good in this, but mm. I'm I'm on the f- I'm I'm more of a thing like I think this is a really good script. There's loads of good lines um, that are just where it's just funny without being like the the the, the fun the cleverness of it is coming from characters behaving more naturally, um, like clever clever ha ha dot jokes like aren't aren't there. It's more just about them behaving of each other. It's 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 why I think like a hot take. I think this is m- the closest to a modern day when Harry met Sally that there's been in a very long time. That's my favourite rom-com. We possibly. might come to that later in the series. But if we can stick with Kutcher, if we can mm. loiter with him, um, I was just astounded by how shitty I thought his performance was. <laughs> <Really? laughs> I thought it was so bad to disagree with you both because mm. sometimes, especially when I was watching it again today, just some of the lines, the delivery, but also the timing, um, his facial expressions, is just gobsmackingly bad I thought mm. like it was so embarrassing like almost mm. cringeworthy especially the um, like when he punches his dad the mm. whole you're fucking my ex-girlfriend scene mm. I thought was atrocious like you know um, <laughs> this is the sort of thing really you'd funny. see at school <laughs> drama lessons and yeah you are right that he's mm. good when he's being spontaneous and emotional because mm. maybe Kutcher can't really do anything else apart from things that don't really make sense because his actual acting doesn't make sense I don't think, oh, I, think, um, I, think it, I think that scene is so funny I, I I, th- I think you it's know it's a comedy. I, th- I think it's meant to be over mm. the top. That isn't meant to be mm. dramatic but or it's anything. But it's it, and you know it is over the top and it is almost camp. But it, it's things like um oh so he punches him and what he hits his leg is that the idea? He, he punches no, he his theme his of his his when he gets muscle. there. His dad is doing a workout. Yeah, <laughs> vinyasa power. He calls. He's like, go on, punch me. I, I oh can right, take I it, that. and so when um, he finds out he's fucking, he does punch him, and he's yeah. like, "Ow, yeah, yeah, yeah. my yeah. hand!" And, and that's all like, hilarious. My stomach. It is Even hilarious. though we've seen it a thousand times. Um, mm. But what I'm talking about is that then, fifty seconds later, he, he's completely forgotten, and his hand's fine. The no, hangover's no, the his, same. His hand was in ice. His hand's in ice when he gets yeah. to no, the bar. The, I'm talking. Yes, it's in ice because you know the director or whatever has said, "Okay, so now his hand's in ice." Whereas the acting. In that same scene, as soon as he has dialogue to deliver, he's like, oh, and my hand is completely fine. And the hangover was the same. I thought it was atrocious. He's meant to have this dreadful, dreadful hangover, isn't he, after he slept with Thingy? He hasn't slept with them. Or not slept with anybody then. Just I got naked in the flat. <laughs> he just stripped and waved his willy around. <laughs> and so um, funny, Natalie Portman impersonating him. Talked about his dad <laughs> and cried. You know, he's a dreadful hangover, lying on the sofa, and then all of a sudden he's sitting upright, bold... Anyone with a bad hangover doing that, you know, you'd be swooning all over the place, feeling sick with a he- massive headache. And he only, as an actor, remembers he's hungover when the dialogue explicitly says, you know, oh, how's your head or something. I think it's shite. I'm not saying 
this is a, a mea culpa. I don't think about him waking up. I'm. I think he plays waking up well. Waking up is apparently very hard to do for an actor, and I can see why. It's uh, just a good bit of like waking up where he's sort of like so bewildered by being there. I think he, it's less that he's dreadfully hungover and more that he's just groggy and had blacked out so he's just completely bewildered and he's playing that element of it like we were literally talking about this on thursday night about how we all like joe you and i blacked out last april drinking (laughs) and i don't remember waking up from that being incredibly hungover but i was very like just bewildered and perturbed and i think he's playing that more than he is my body and my head and ow and it's just the adjustment there and also you know then he has sex then he comes and it's going to make everything better because that's what you know sex does for it, all good happy chemicals so he feels better the hangover horn yes that's <laughs> a thing. for me personally as a viewer these were two examples where mm. i just thought the performance was so dull that it sucked everything from mm. the scene it just made no sense to me so for you this movie's just dull unsuccessful not like it's not sweet it's yeah not funny. and something i wrote down in my little note thing here which is extremely short Mm. Um, it's just why was this film made what is the point of this film and for me this doesn't do anything yes it's funny yes it made loads of m- well it's funny in parts some people find it funny it made loads of money it suited mm. the zeitgeist at the time as you've already said um, but what's it do it doesn't do anything I don't think nothing that hasn't been done mm. many times before and even it jumped into my head just as you were arriving um, the holiday I think, mm. dealt with this sort of thing. Like, oh, can we just have a physical relationship? No, because romance well, and love. The holiday dealt with that just so to. much better. The holiday um, is more s- about reversing into a relationship. Yeah, okay, so I don't want to talk about the holiday. Yes, I want to talk about why was this film made. It doesn't do anything. I don't think it pushes it. It, do- it doesn't mm. deal with this very common mm. basic issue in an interesting way, which is, for me... Why this is just no art? Because there's mean, nothing here. I I think this is a much m- a much smarter film because it is more about trying to understand how modern people are dating, and also I think it does an incredibly j- good job of articulating what is a realistic way for two people to get together. Like there is nothing high concept about this. There is no career thing or like she's the maid and he's the republican senator like made in manhattan or anything there's no no weird like differences like that they are two young people who are attracted to each other and it's about the situations that you know pull them into each other's orbit and the way they just kind of like naturally develop that attraction i think that that feels so much more authentic to how people date where at at our age and and even and certainly a decade earlier why would i be traditional anymore but the feelings still get in the way anyway and i think it does a very good job of like articulating that through the character arcs and through the little behaviors (laughs) character arcs i completely agree with Mm. what you're saying and i I understand Mm. what you're saying and i recognize i just think okay so maybe if i was 35 and watching Mm. this when it came out in 2011 i'd be like oh yeah that's what it's like. But me watching this now, I'm just, no, bleh, bleh. I'm well, just nothing. Well, I mean, you you're in a long, a very long term relationship. Martin has been in several longer term relationships. You know, you make that sound so bad. No, like you've been in several relationships. Sorry, uh, you've been <laughs> in three long term relationships. Turn it back on George. You've George been in no relationship. Yeah, exactly, but George has had casual sex, and it's you know, and and things that felt like they could develop in a certain direction. I th- this this movie really speaks to me personally. It speaks to both like less of a romantic fantasy like a film like Pretty Woman, which is a movie I like, but that movie is a fairy tale in a modern setting uh, about the fairy tale of having money. Whereas this is more about like what is exciting about re- about liking a person uh, uh, in a very ordinary way, in a very modern way, like. I love how you know the the, the the like the little details, the accumulation of like small things making a big difference. Shooting on locations in Los Angeles that you don't usually see, where it feels less like Los Angeles, the city of films, even though there is a backlot. Los Angeles, the city of the Hollywood sign and the tourist trap. It's like Los Angeles, the city where people live, where mm-hmm. they just live and hang out. There are all these fun, colorful spaces that they go to with like cool architecture and cool lighting designs that you don't usually see, and it's good. Whereas fucking friends with benefits literally has them climb the hollywood sign and then get rescued by a helicopter which is so annoyingly big because that movie wants to pretend it's not being a romance 
which I said earlier, but you know, I think this is the best version of a modern dating movie. And by that metric, it's kind of the best version of any modern rom-com for that because a lot of other rom-coms are less about dating as a young person and more about like specific relationships and weird like specific dynamics like to all the boys i've loved before what if you pretended we were dating as a teenager last christmas what if you gave me your heart last christmas (laughs) 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 crazy rich agents what if you were crazy rich like all these very good popular rom-coms that have been released in the last five years are more about the uh the hook this is like i say no hook just behavior just comedy and and that is so special and it doesn't get the respect i think it's worth i think maybe you are guiding us all to a confluence right now mm-hmm. because i would agree with what you said yes and i just loathe this kind of subgenre so i don't know it very well what is your favorite rom-com that is of a type with this movie oh jeez i mean the holidays in this list do yeah. we count that as a rom-com yes that's definitely a rom-com i like that I mean, it'd be interesting to do that. Martin, did you, I mean, you... I can't really say I've got a favourite rom-com, to be honest. You have I your letterbox Yeah, I can, I can have a look through that and see if there's one that sticks out, but Other admittedly, seen. I have not watched many. What do we think um, of the... Um, oh, no, but we're talking about romance. Yeah. I'm just looking at the list now, aren't we? Yeah. This, this is why genre is difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what is a rom-com? What is romance? What's what a rom-dram? A rom-com has a very specific set of genre rules that were mostly, I think, established by... Uh, when Harry, it's sort of like the modern American rom-com. It's when Harry met Sally and Pretty Woman. You either have things that are very dialogue-based, very much about like characters bouncing off each other, or they're about one relationship and the sort of hook for how that relationship begins and how it develops into a more traditional romantic relationship. And those types of movies, the Pretty Woman types, where it's about like she's a prostitute and he's a rich man, uh, you know, three thousand dollars. They they all spend the week together. It's it's more about like how does that turn into a quote-unquote real mm. relationship through very melodramatic romance? And those movies are very gooey and they're very fairy tale based and they are often quite satisfying. And the When Harry Met Sally school, I think, you know, also has has tropes that it feeds into. You know, they, they share, these types of movies all share tropes. All I want from it is I want you to meet, I want to believe their chemistry. I want to have a pretty good laugh at stuff. Mm-hmm. And... When they when they're kissing at the end, I want to be cheering, and I am doing all of that in this movie. It is fulfilling the tropes that I want. I just think it does it with that little bit of extra elbow grease in all areas. Okie dokie. That's a beautiful, beautiful summary. And I would respond by saying, I didn't believe their chemistry. <laughs> I didn't laugh, and I didn't cheer at the end, and I didn't think that there was much elbow grease. Okay, well let's talk. Well, about that's just a very personal yeah. thing. And what is romance yeah. if not personal? Yeah, of course. I mean, that's uh, interesting. I still basically agree. I think this is no art, not because I don't think it's special or because I don't think it's weirdly transgressive. Transgressive. I think it is fun. How much they swear. So it's got an R rating in the U.S. because you can only say like fuck twice, and they fight, say fuck all the time. I I like that they have sex in a way that is like they are testing and sort of pushing and it's also very sweet and intimate. Like the first sex scene they have is a really good sex scene where it's all on their faces and they're kissing and then they're like put on a condom and they do that. That's all a lot of things that I think it's unusual to see. There is nothing fantastical about the sex and it's it's more intimate than that. You know, I think all of that is right. It feels right to me for this genre. If I had to be pushed, I would say it's high art because I think it get it, like I say, this movie is undersung for me. But this is fair actually mm. to jump in there and argue mm. with myself. Um, I said this film does nothing. Um, that's not entirely true. Mm. The inclusion of menstrual cycles, mm. condoms, and then that line when because um, she's got to go to work, you know, you've mm. got forty five seconds to put your shit together. I or love something. that. This is very good. Yes, you don't expect to see mm. this in romance. You don't really expect to see it in rom com. Mm. And I thought it was included in this in mm. not in a comedic, not in a too comedic way. I didn't, I didn't think it was crowbarred in to get laughs. Yeah, it added to it. It elevated there it. So that's a, something this film. There is, is a doing. realistic humanity to it, like them having sex. Like we have to put it together. She covers his mouth with her hand, mm. and then he, and she starts moaning, and then he covers her mouth, and it's so freakishly intimate. And you're only on their faces for that whole. That is a freakishly intimate thing to put in any sort of movie. And the fact that they just pull it off is great. Then later on, there's a bit where at a Christmas party when she gets really drunk and they end up in bed together again. She like kisses him and smells his hair. 
in uh, which is such a wonderful display of physical intimacy that I feel like you don't usually see. And Ivan Reitman, credit to him, he doesn't do fancy things with the camera or f- or, d- or over energetic editing. He's like, camera goes here, watch the actors play. I'll get close ups, I'll get some coverage, but mostly I want you to play in the space and play in a shot. Like Natalie Portman and Greta Gerwig discussing Adam in in uh, discussing Ashton Kutcher in like a hospital corridor. One shot, they did it like twenty times. They just did a very long one take of it, and it's just good because you're just watching them play off each other. That's what I mean, like a little extra elbow grease. Like let's let's treat this seriously. We, let's not cut it to ribbons. Let's not do multiple things. Let's just treat this like everyone here is smart and is doing. Like the TV show within the movie, too much effort. Too much effort. It's like Glee mm. and Disney Channel. Mm. They did musical numbers. They rehearsed for four days to do it. They wrote original songs, and you're like, too much effort. I love it. Why is that there? Just because we could. And I love that energy, that like theater good. Come on, we're going to be impressive and do things. Mm. Martin, you have anything to say? Like you were looking no. at your letterboxes for m- rom-coms? Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's a bit of a cop-out, yeah. my favorite, if it counts as one. But it Scott is. Pilgrim came up. Great romantic comedy. Yeah. But yes, a cop-out because it is an energetic action movie yeah. as yeah. well. <laughs> but look at this there. Uh, I don't know if you'd count as a rom-com, but Eternal Sunshine, the spotless mind was there as well. Which, uh, if yeah. we can count that, then that is 100% my favourite. But that I don't know if we can count it. It's such an anti-romance movie. It is very yeah. funny. It is a rom-com, but it is nothing like the tropes of this sort of genre. Yeah. Which, you know, you can you can be like, well, when this is done bad, it's it's bad. Because mm-hmm. all you're counting on is the architecture for tropes to save you without putting in the work and putting in like the foundation. Good movies that have this trope, like these tropes, like When Harry Met Sally as the king of them, or loads of older movies, mm-hmm. are rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to discuss Roman Holiday, which is a classic romance. And uh, it's also a romantic comedy because it is very light on its feet. And there are films like Bringing Up Baby and The Philadelphia Story and His Girl Friday, which are screwball comedies. But that is what the rom-com becomes. We're going to discuss Pride and Prejudice, which is like a definitive text for romantic comedies. Anything Shakespeare, anything Jane Austen, definitive romantic comedy texts. The lines drawn in that genre are very familiar. That And it's all about like, you know, the execution of extra details let's talk about this supporting cast just because i think they're brilliant really fucking good yeah really good yeah. like put mindy kale and greta girl in a room mm. and just let them do their own thing just and i could watch that for hours i think they're very good i think mindy Kaling's maybe the weakest supporting performance in this movie i might say except for maybe mm-hmm. um carrie elwes as the doctor with the, the beard and the glasses. Oh, which yes. Which is a much yeah. bigger role in the script, and uh, which they cut because he was supposed to like fool around with Natalie Portman, and they were just like, you know what? I don't like this. This feels wrong to have it in there. She doesn't need an alternate to Adam. Like, mm-hmm. Lake Bell's character, the production assistant with the glasses, who's really like, yeah, swears yeah. a lot. In, a, in an alternate version of the movie, um, they actually do get together for a more longer period of six weeks at the end when um, uh, sh- uh, Emma and Adam break up. She, he goes to Lake Bell. And it becomes him actually like breaking up with her, rather than what happens in the movie is they're just kind of floating they don't around each other. Quite get there yeah. until they try to kiss, and it's incredibly awkward. Which I love. That's much smarter to me than he just sort of like had a rebound. It worked, and then yeah, he's like, and then he literally says like, "I I can't do this." And I'm like, saying you can't do this to the girl you shouldn't be with is a trope, rather than they try to be together and they just cannot click. Mm-hmm. I think that's much more accurate. Of like, we're trying this out and it's not working. <laughs> And she's so funny. Yeah, she was good. That was good performance. Because there wasn't really a lot of her either. Mm. There wasn't really a lot of anyone outside of the main cast. But you're like, they all have their own individual circles. They keep bouncing around. The only one I was like, I don't understand kind of their place in this is the guy that said, I'm the guy that marries Emma. Yeah. Because it was so, I don't know if there was stuff cut with him. Because it was so Mm. like he was like the, the other guy. Yeah. And he just wasn't there. Like, it was never a thing. I think he's totally a red herring. But the thing I really like about him is he tries to put, pull Emma at the Christmas party. She kisses him immediately. He's like, let's get out of here because he, she's drunk. And rather than being the guy she marries who is cooler and smarter and more emotional and more gentlemanly, he's immediately like, hell yeah, I'm going to get laid. Yeah, I did think that as well. I, I yeah. think that's smart. But you're right. It is the th- one thing where I'd be like, you could lose that. Yeah. You could pull it out. It, yeah, it was just strange that he's that also was not funny. He's not meant to be. No, but no, he's meant to, he's meant to be just deadpan, isn't yeah. he? Like, it's really serious, boring guy. Yeah. But it was just weird how you you had that um, interaction between him and Adam, and you know it felt mm. like something. Obviously, these guys are going to be like clashing heads at some point. Like 
and it, j- it just doesn't happen. I don't mm. like you say it might be just a red herring to throw you off as yeah. like, oh, he's going to have all these obstacles, like the classic yeah. tropes of running to she, the airport. She's with the wrong guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Punch that him out. Yeah. I would hate that so yeah, much. I would as well in this kind of film. Not, not, it just doesn't belong here yeah. at all. With the idea of it just being casual sex to start yeah. with, that that doesn't belong here. No, because it's more about them just uh, like interacting and, and then their relationship developing. Like yeah. you know, you could you could argue, well, this is not being pr- uh, transgressive at all because. You know, they eventually just default to a normal romantic relationship, which I found like this book I've read is uh, um, from Hollywood Love makes that argument. It's like, yeah, it, normality is restored. The casual sex is sort of the thing that they are wrong to choose, and they just end up in a romantic relationship. But I think that's too binary. Binary. I think it's way too binary to say like, you know, what what we want is a romantic comedy where they have casual sex and they don't end, end up together. And I'm like, well, then it's not a romantic comedy. Yeah, like you go into the films like, w- we know they're going to be together by the end of it. That's, that's the that's trope. Yeah, that's not anything I was like, oh, they could do this, they could do that. They Before you start the film, yeah. they are going to end it up at the end of it. That is yeah. a trope that you can't really avoid. That's it's fine. It's just how you get there exactly. is where you can shake things up. Joe, how do you have any like supporting characters, things that you were fond of? Um, yeah, I was going to say a couple of minutes ago that I really enjoyed the supporting characters. I mm-hmm. enjoyed the supporting actors yeah. in particular. I thought it was all really, really good. Um, so that gave a good foundation and like a, s- a good grounding mm. um, in which these two could play out there. For me, mm. poorly performed and chemistryless relationship. Yeah. I didn't really enjoy the stock characters. I thought mm. this was a bit cheap and lazy. Um but what what for you of a stock character type? Well, you like, oh, you know, the, the female best bud, the gay best friend in the flat who's overtly sexual all the time. The gay best I friend guess is you the worst example of this movie. Well, yeah, if, if I'm, I'm if with you, you on that as well. Really go the other way and like really work at it. You could say, oh, but they didn't cast a, you know, stereotypically very uh, physically mm. attractive gay man to play this person, <laughs> which is just, yeah, I mean, that's buttering no parsnips <laughs> for me. Um, but, you know, like you but you were saying, you, know, you have been saying that it it doesn't shy away from the fact that it's it's a rom-com. So no. these tropes are fine, if we call them tropes, um, which is fine. So I, I just don't care. I also um, think that, like, those tropey characters are, you know, those roles are necessary to, like, fill out the community. Like, the worst thing you can have in rom-coms, which are about, like, two people for me, is where they have no supporting characters. They have no supporting characters, they have no community, and it's just about their intense attraction, which, for me, is just, like, doesn't capture enough. They'll have, like, people, actors float in and out, and I'm like, who are these people? How do they relate here? I'm struggling to think of examples that are good, but, like, even though I really liked All the Boys I've Loved Before, that movie does have problems where it's, like, the supporting cast don't have quite the same snap and naturalness to it because they're all teenagers, and this, you know... Okay, cynical best friend male played by Jake Johnson. A role designed perfectly for him. He's great at it. He feels so natural in it, and it is a sort of thing. But what I like, he's very supportive. He's also a bit of an old-fashioned romantic in his relationship developing with Greta Gerwig. And he has the two gay dads where he's kind of happy about that, and there's nothing There's nothing remotely toxic about him. He's like a positive bro. Ludacris, who is like just so funny and emotional and supportive, and is kind of like... He, he and Jake Johnson do the thing I love for Ashton Kutcher they're like we're here to support you making bad decisions not to tell you not to do them or to tell you to do bad decisions we're just going to say you know what fine we'll be here we'll help you out Greta Gerwig is not the most insanely cynical supporting friend Natalie Portman is very cynical and very close off Greta Gerwig is more sort of like you know she's she's actually got such similar fucking vibes to Carrie Fisher when Harry Met Sally where she's about like Oh, uh, my ex-boyfriend stole my credit card and told me it was my fault. <laughs> and no one's ever opened it. That's a lovely moment when, when Jake Johnson opens the door for her and she goes, no, no one's, one's ever done that before. No one's ever yeah, done yeah. that before. Yeah. Do it again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so sweet. She's so tall, has her giant eyes. We love her. We love her as a director. Making the Barbie movie. Yes, um. she is. Yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting choice, isn't it? Margot Robbie and her clone Emma Mackey <laughs> are both in it. Ryan Gosling's in it. It's a good cast. That is a really <laughs> strong cast. It doesn't mean I'm going to watch the Barbie movie, I don't think, but I'm that's a strong cast. It. Cre- it's quite a good. It's yeah. I want to see if it's good. 
But you know, something you could say about these supporting characters as well is there is a lot of them there um, is. for a rom com, and you could say that's really good and mm. really bad. I think there's valor on both sides. I think it's good because it's a more realistic world. You know, mm. we don't just have three friends. Yeah, well, I mean, I do, but you know, normal people I think don't. <laughs> um, you know, so it helps create a more complicated environment out of mm. which these two characters emerge, and I qu- I quite like this. Mm. In contrast to something like um, an otherwise. Well, no, this is a perfect film, mm. so th- but I'm saying it anyway. Yes, like Bridget Jones, yeah. where Example. she has three friends. Um, yeah, and, and her... Like, you and know, parents. I, you, you, she has, like... I'm pretty certain Bridget Jones must have a, a friendship group in there. The friendship group in there are only there to be a Greek chorus for her. That's kind of the thing with a lot of rom-coms, where the friendship group is a Greek chorus, and that's what they're there to be. Yeah, for sure, which is fine in Bridget Jones, and it works yeah. beautifully in that. And, and you know, she might have other friends, but, you know, mm. everyone has that group that you go with, you know, your girlfriends to talk about gossip and stuff. Yeah. That's fine, it works in that. But the reason I like this bigger expanded cast in this film is because it, it, it just creates a bigger, more complex world. Yeah, it's just a shame that the people who come out of that world are so two D and boring. Well, I think <laughs> you just have a bigger problem with the leads of this film I than do. I do. I, I do. I do. I, I want to see Natalie Portman do so many rom coms after watching this because here's the funny thing I think about this: not only is the movie coming out in like Hollywood is scrambling to try and make a a, a rom com for modern audiences. They're uh-huh. always struggling. How do we convince men uh-huh. that rom coms are good? Which, honest, oddly, not a problem when the rom com is good. When uh-huh. the movie is good, they have no problem with those tropes. Me- like, I, like you know, I love bad r- bad rom coms because they are fascinating to me. But a good rom com, you like almost any man is going to say, you know what? I I know it's kind of lame, but I actually really liked uh, fucking Love Actually, which. S- mixed or i actually really liked about time or i really like notting hill and i'm like yeah because they're good but you know hollywood's trying to figure out how do we do it do we make it modern we make it with more sex we try to convince the guys it's definitely not a rom-com that does x y and z come see it but it's always going to appeal to women and that's you know this is rom-com tailing off which i feel bad about because natalie portman does this it's one of three movies that come out in like four months after she wins her oscar for black swan Hell, the four months, like, obviously the Oscars happen, uh, like, late winter, early spring of that year, 2011, wins the Black Swan. And at the same time, during that run-up, she has um, stoner comedy fantasy film, Your Highness. Um, This, No Strings Attached. And then after the Oscars, she's in Thor. She's playing, like, supporting female in a comedy in all of those movies. You know, Thor is, is not just a comedy, but her role in it is very much, I am... Uh, I am part of the comedy side of this movie and she's very sweet and very light in that movie. And she's very sweet and light in this. And I'm like, uh, but after this, it's back to, you know, it's back to being intense, dramatic, traumatized figures. Like she plays Jackie Kennedy, whose husband's head blew up. You know, you're like, dude, chill out. <laughs> Do fun like this again. Cause she's so good at it. I, in, in my uh, view of, of her performance, like it's very broad. Like, there's a bit where she's playing mini golf and then she says, that hole is my bitch. And I'm like, Natalie Portman shouldn't say that, but this character would definitely say that. And people would say that. And Natalie Portman is playing it. Well, she's just unafraid of being broad in the movie, which you'd never expect Natalie Portman to be broad. She's very controlled. <laughs> I just think she's a great, great actress. Yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, Pretty she can be whatever she wants, whatever the character needs. Mm. So I think maybe it's this character that's a bit shit for me. Yeah, I, I yeah, we've already talked in so Adam's about her, her in Adam's character. case, it's both the character and the acting that's shit for me. Mm. Um, other performances, Kevin beautiful, Klein. brilliant as the daddy. Yes, oh, amazing, it very, very good, very, very funny. Enjoyed every single line he did. I Any yeah. scene the dad was in, I was there. <laughs> I think he, for you, is like the Nicolas Cage and Hit Girl as the, <laughs> as the daddy man. Yes. Kevin Klein in this, he's the daddy man. Mm. His bit when he's like, oh, I got I, I got too stoned off the purple drink. <laughs> and so I don't like little Khalifa. Little, little Wayne. Is is it's because like, his girlfriend is like, she's a horrible person. But one thing I really love about her performance is she doesn't play it like the actor is like, huh, look at this horrible person. Because the way she was directed on set was not remember this person sucks. She was directed like remember this person thinks they're the most amazing person ever and that they are they are gifting everyone with their presence. Mm. Not you know in an incredibly authentic and like just pure arrogance way. She's mm. just at all times like it's so great that I'm here with you. <laughs> at like like the bit when you know <laughs> they're arguing about like 
how could you have sex with my, my girlfriend? Like, but she's just so hot. I know how hot she is. She just pops out in the background. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's really sweet. That is funny. That is so she's funny. She's good. She is so good at that. And Kevin Klein just saying, you know, what? why did you, Adam, Adam Alston, why did you leave mom? And he goes, when you're married and you do blow, oh, yeah. try not to be near any women who want to sleep with you. Even ugly women blow is blind. Adam, blow is blind. But like, yeah, that <laughs> so line is funny. funny. The delivery is perfect. It's like the way it's built up is so good and so believable. Mm. In a way, the supporting cast makes the actual, the main cast mm. for me even worse because uh, you know because everything about them is so good. You sense a chasm there of quality. Yeah, I it exposes yeah. how poor they are in my view. Yeah, it, but, but he plays that scene so well where he has to mm. be funny. He has to be a bit demented. He also <laughs> has to deliver the like emotional parents convincing their younger children like, look, love is love. What are you going to do? Uh, speech. And he does it so, so well. And it is really really smartly underwritten and underplayed where, you know, Asher Kutcher's just like, you're an asshole. He goes, you're not. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. just off the cuff, you're not an asshole. I like you. And just, you know, like, unfortunately, we don't choose who we love, kiddo. No. Like, who needs the big strings? Who needs the big, like, crying and big, like, t- intention? Like, this is how men would socialize, socialize and how they would communicate father and son, especially if you have dad who is this terrible. Or he's <laughs> like, I love my son as an extension yeah. of me, who's great Scott. I, <laughs> I, lo- I, you know, I want him to love me, love me, love me, love me. Like, him doing the birthday song is so good. Uh, <laughs> the restaurant with the dad where he's like, well, we were at Burning Man. I was dressed as a firebird. And what were you dressed as? Oh, I was naked. Yeah. <sighs> this movie, bad, no art. I did, I did really enjoy this bit here, though. That's what you're like, Joe. I enjoy these tiny bits when we talk about <laughs> them, but it, for me, wasn't worth schlepping mm. through an hour and a half of film mm. or whatever, where my main mm. feeling was just sort of corny, just so awkwardly mm. and horrible. You, um, you're and afraid then it finishes of that sort of attitude, like, the Martin, the corny horribleness where it feels. Do you think this movie has that? I don't know if I'd call it horrible. But like you you, you say rom-com and you go, bad. I wouldn't go bad. I'd say not for me. Yeah. I, I think what I like about this is it leans more towards comedy when it wants to. Mm. Like it won't take itself seriously. Like you can have a rom-com, but it just idolizes everything so much. Mm-hmm. And this film doesn't do that. Yeah. It doesn't idolize the whole idea of relationships or anything. Mm. It's just, you know, casual sex. That is what it is. Yeah. Whereas you can have things where, like, you have those moments where, oh, your first kiss and the mm. bit where he proposes to you, he, mm. he declares his love for you or whatever. And they're so serious and so caught up in themselves where mm. this doesn't do that. It has a much more sort of like death management time. Also, the comedy is very focus on characters like there are funny things people say and people react to funny things that Mm. they say and weird things there's no big comedic set pieces and comedic like bits no one here is just a clown this is so much more about just like just bounce them off each other how how do we have the cards of a comedy here there was no huge personalities was Mm. there it was just characters that were able to bounce off each other well Mm. and i do think that is because of the strength of the cast a lot of it we you know we go back to it but Mm. you've they've they clearly Mm. knew who they were getting for Mm. this film and they wanted people with comedic backgrounds mm. yeah. that have that ability to ad-lib and improvise on the spot and just create something that you couldn't write. And you also, like, write. the special thing about them is they're asking the comedians, like, play it straight, don't mm-hmm. go for last, just make Yeah, they feel like happen. normal people, yeah. don't they? They do generally feel like normal people. I, I think um, you've mentioned a couple of things that you like that this film does mm-hmm. besides just how the qualities of, like, it being a film that's entertaining, of sometimes it's funny, sometimes the cast is good, and that's what and whatever, Joe. But you've said, you know, condom, good. Casual sex relationship discussion, good. Menstrual cycle, credible scene. He brings her a period mixtape. All the songs are jokes about bleeding. I've got the world on a string yeah, by yeah, Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Is there anything else you think this movie does that is it like at all elevates it above the pap slap that you've gone through here? No. No? And I'm and you're stretching on? as it is. You're stretching <laughs> as it is. But that's what we like. We like stretching here. We like acknowledging where films do good things that we didn't Absolutely. have to do. Absolutely, yes, yes, yes. Martin, so Joe, no art. For me, no, it's still no art. Yeah. Um, there are some good things in it where it's forward, um, particularly, you know, for 2011. Mm. You know, this is getting on for an mm. oldish film now. 11 years, yeah. Um, you know, and, and you think how far we've come with things like, you know, representation of actually what it's like to be a woman and stuff mm. like this. Um, you know, so so I think in some ways, yeah, that you, you could make the argument there were tiny bits in this film that were very forward. But for me, this film is mm. overall mm. dull, not good, 
poorly performed by the main actors, doesn't really do anything new, and is therefore no art, and I didn't enjoy it. Last question End for you about the main oh actors. Boy. Would you, if, if you had heard that there was a Natalie Portman performance that you hated, like if, if, if I told you a week ago, Joe, you're going to watch a Natalie Portman movie and you're going to hate her in it, would you have killed me? You'd have been like, that's impossible. Isn't she in Star Wars? She's in the first three prequels, yes. I mean, no. <laughs> dreadful. <laughs> She's not the best thing in those movies. No. It's true. But then again, <laughs> similar. like Not necessarily shitty performance, but there's only so much work you can She's do very with bad very bad ingredients. In those movies. Yeah. So, no, I wouldn't have killed you. I wouldn't have been surprised. Would you have slapped me? No, of course mm. not. <laughs> well, you have slapped me before, but you know, it was a different, different time. Aye. Martin. Yes. High, low, or no? I'm going to stick to low. I think it, it's... And that's not you depreciating rom-com genres. No. You're saying, ah, oh, low value. Not, yeah, that's not what like idea. this... Like, I was watching the film and I was kind of getting... I th- we mentioned it when, when we did Phantom Thread was more, this is what I expected of a romance film mm-hmm. or a rom-com film. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've got the, the transgressiveness in it and it's quite progressive with, like, the whole idea of periods and, like, mm. casual sex is a thing in itself. And I like that kind of thing. But, you know, they get together and it that that is... For me, it's just it's really mm. it's a bit of a cop out again, but mm. it does what it what I expected it to and what I wanted it to, so that's fine. One good point about it, this is such a small detail, mm. but shout out to the set designers because in Adam's room there was a Connor Oberst poster. Was there, really? there was a Connor Oberst poster. The, the production designer set design here is fantastic. Like, what's the set of the high school that they're shooting mm-hmm. at? It looks so cartoon yeah, TV that, show. Really. That looks. It looks Disney Channel. Exactly. Even like the whole, where the cameras are, where you can mm. see like the whole halls and everything. You know, we all grew up watching these kind of things, yeah. didn't we? And so it looks, musical. yeah, it looks exactly like a mm. kind of shot you would see in those in those shows we watched. The dressing it of Adam's apartment, which Adam's house, which is incredible. And yeah. the doctor's apartment is really nice. Like they've got posters for the Warriors and Vertigo. Yeah, and yeah. Like and I've seen stuff like there was Band of Skulls there as well. And mm. it's very much of the time, like the kind of that like late 2000s, early 2010s indie stuff. And it just, I don't know, for me, stuff like that just kind of creates a bit more to the characters. Even mm. though it's, it's never mentioned, it doesn't need to be, but it mm. just kind of fleshes out the characters. Oh, he's got kind of an interest in this and stuff. It yeah. just makes them feel that little bit I, more real. Yeah, I would hate things where they're like trying to like lampshade the tropes or the things they really like to make them mm-hmm. cool and hip yeah. for the audience. Because Friends with Benefits does that and it's exhausting where they're what? like, we don't like rom-coms, we like die hard. <laughs> yeah, like even like I say, the stuff you see in their rooms, it's not stuff that's going to make them look cool either. It's just... Yeah. This feels like these are just guys. Yeah, they 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 like stuff that guys like. They they like rock music, magic they like mushrooms, they like <laughs> mushrooms. They like they like films. Yeah, and it feels real. And they it have such a, a nice dynamic. You know, you never find out what Jake Johnson's job is supposed to be. You don't need to, though, do you? <laughs> he's, he's just such, he's such like a good character in these little in these little bursts. I can't focus on my porn with all this real oh, sex. Yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, howdy, how have you been there? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I am going to stick to my guns. I say this is no art, but that doesn't mean anything really in the grand scheme of it. Well, we say, always say, yeah. don't we? The high, low or no does not mean yeah. whether we think it's a good or bad film. Yeah. That's not what this is about. Yeah. I don't think this is transgressive enough, but that's fine. I love where it is, you know, making small small strides. That's all this genre usually does, and I'm happy with it here. I don't think this is, like, necessarily profound enough, but I think it's a really good observer of those behaviors, and I wish more movies were like that. This is a classic case of, this isn't the best movie ever, but why isn't every movie this minimal good in this sort of genre? But, you know, that's just me around this table on this point, because mm-hmm. I'm the guy who loves the romance and the romance com- comedies, romantic comedies, but Joe's not on that same level. We'll get you there. Maybe you will. We'll see how this season goes. Okay, next episode. We're going to end because we've been recording for a surprisingly long... We've rec- gone longer on this than Phantom Thread. It feels just it. <laughs> just a little <laughs> bit. But um, what's next week? Next week? It's one of the rare weeks of I've actually watched this film. You have, yes. It's the Star is Born 2018 oh. version of the film. Hell yeah. With the Gaga. The Gaga. Yeah, Lady Gaga. The Lady of... Bradley Ray. Cooper. And Bradley Cooper. Marvellous. Okay, okay. Uh, I look forward to that. Pretty, pretty special. Yeah, until that time, it's goodbye from me, George. It's goodbye from Martin. Goodbye from Joseph. Have a lovely high, low, no time, guys. Prep yourself by telling. Prep yourself.
I just mentally. I need to, I need to iron my clothes. I need, I'm going to wear. I need to shave my cheeks. The whole thing? No, just my cheeks. The head? No. Odds um, on. What? Odds on. Uh, no. Just shave your entire head. No. I like my hair. Okay. But um, yeah, no, it'll be it'll be good. Your mum's name is Elizabeth, isn't it? Yeah, you had it spot on, Lizzie. Although well, I don't think anyone calls her Lizzie. So busy, Lizzie. Mm. Um, find her on the street corner. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just not not a thing anyone really says. Um, what uh, what is? Where did you guys want to go get a drink or any food at all after this? I'm easy. Easy. Mm. So, uh, if only it were. If only you were. If only I you were. I don't know what that means. <laughs> what, what do you mean <laughs> by that? <laughs> you're, d- you're very much not a slut. So, but you. It but she was. For if it's for a drink, maybe mm, I yeah, am. You know, like, you but know, you know, who's saying you know you want a little, little something something out of here or something? Yeah. Are we just starting now? Is I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I'm getting lost here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, it'll be fun. I, I'm glad we're doing... No Are you flirting, George? No, I'm Are not. Are you coming on to me? Oh, you'd know if I was. <laughs> <laughs> you, wouldn't need to ask. you wouldn't need to ask. 